Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. What's up, everybody? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. As always, thank you for so much for joining me. I like to start off this episode and every episode with a big thank you. Every week, I get new uh, subscribers to my email list, and a lot of you guys respond to the newsletters I send out in the podcast with just some really kind words and telling me that you like the uh, the articles and the podcast that I've been doing. And I I really mean it when I say that that means the world to me. I don't have any like uh, any business model behind this website or this brand and these blogs that I'm doing. It's just fun, and I like to spread. Uh, these kind of ideas and and interact with people and uh that's that's why i'm doing it so like your kind words and encouragement it means a lot to me uh if you could please subscribe if you could leave a rating on the itunes um that's like the best way that you can support the show apple and itunes algorithm is is kind of weird and it's uh it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but basically if the more subscribers and the more ratings you get Uh, the more Apple sort of respects your show in the iTunes store. So I would really appreciate that. All right, let's get started. We've, um, we hit a little bit of a kick the last couple weeks talking about marketing and some social media stuff that I've been sharing. And this week, we're going to switch it up. I actually have my good friend in here with me today. His name is Colin. What's up, Colin? What's up, Timmy? (coughs) So, um, Colin recently sent me a podcast from Joe Rogan. He and I are both pretty big Joe Rogan fans. And uh, this podcast was with a man named Chris Kesser. Uh, I've listened to most of the podcasts. Colin was really, really into it. And he sent it to me and told me that I needed to listen to it. I'm going to break down pretty much what I remember and why it's so important. So uh, Chris is a, what did you say he studied? California somewhere? Somewhere in California, I think. I think, yeah. And um, he's just a, a really well-known like health topic doctor. If you want to check out his website, it's chriskesser.com. And basically, he, uh, he just released a book. And the point of the book is fixing the healthcare industry. Because the way our country is set out now, and with the massive rates in diabetes and pretty much the food industry, just pumping sugar into everything that we eat, I think he said by 20... 40. I actually just stumbled upon all of the facts that we have kind of been discussing listed out, which are pretty terrifying. <laughs> really terrifying. List but them yeah, out. continue. No, listen um, out. So, fact number one one third of adults, 31%, and more than half of children, 54%, do not have a primary care doctor. In the United States. Yeah, that's terrifying. The terrifying part about it is the kids. It's little kids not having primary doctors. And that's that's where he goes with a lot of this stuff is yeah. preventative medicine. Are you on his website right I'm now? I'm on his website right now, actually. Right. It's actually the website up there, but I, I kind of clicked through it a little bit trying to find out exactly where he went to school and where he was from. But I actually stumbled on something better, which are these facts. But a lot of the parts of the podcast were all about preventative medicine. Um, and how the preventative medicine in the United States is the primary problem mm-hmm. 
with. I think you called it functional medicine. Functional right? medicine. Yeah. Functional medicine. Pop your mouth up close to that mic, buddy. There you go. There we go. Um, another one. Forty-six point six million Americans. It's fifteen point nine percent of Americans. About twice the population of Texas are uninsured. Which is that's actually less than I thought it would be. But aren't you? Isn't it with your taxes and stuff like that? You have to be, or you get a penalty. Yeah. Well, so last year when I did Obamacare, percent are taking that hit. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't have health insurance, you get a penalty. And the thing that made it really difficult is that you can only sign up for, what do they call it? Open enrollment. So during the open enrollment period, if you don't sign up in that time, you're kind of out of health insurance for the whole year, Yeah, which cool. is a problem. Which is a huge problem. <laughs> which is a huge problem. What you were going into earlier um, when I so rudely cut you off was the facts on spending, federal spending on health care. Um, and this is a stat from 2005, which I'm assuming it has probably gone up exponentially. But in 2005, federal spending on healthcare totaled more than $600 billion. That's so much money. Which is 25% of the federal budget. And to bring that all back around, um, the, po- the point of the podcast and the point of his book is that a lot of this spending is super preventative because it's all reactionary. So a, a majority of the healthcare spending is on chronic disease. And the biggest chronic disease, which is costing the most money, is diabetes and especially type 2 diabetes. And type 2 diabetes is 100% preventable. And a, a lot of it, well, the vast majority of it is just because of all the sugar and the terrible diets that people have. And then in the podcast, he went really, really deep into it and he talked about um, some of the psychological disorders that can be rooted to poor diet and how that relates to gut flora and um, you know how you can fix a lot of those things by just eating real food and staying away from processed food and you know taking probiotics and drinking shit like kombucha. And that really, really uh, was fascinating to me. And so instead of kind of replaying what the podcast was, I'm just going to suggest that everybody go check out the podcast. Again, his name is Chris Kesser or Chris Kresser. Sorry. Uh, C-H-R-I-S-K-R-E-S-S-E-R.com. And then you can check out his most recent episode uh, on Joe Rogan, which is the Joe Rogan experience. But I thought this was like a good uh, pretext and a good way to kind of get into this idea of just simple diet and how it affects your mood, how it affects your life, how it affects your energy levels. And this is like a topic that people have been talking and talking about for so long, but the habits, but people like generally don't possess the habits to eat good food. And I was just talking to Colin before the show and he didn't, I asked him permission by the way, because I didn't want to like be rude, but he said that he was open to sharing a lot of his experience with that because Colin two years ago was... I mean, Say it like it is, Tim. You were like 140 pounds heavier than you are now, right? Like What Tim wants to say <laughs> is that Colin was a fat disaster. I don't want to say About it. two and a half years ago. But it's the truth. It's the truth. But where I'm going with that is that you've really done it the right way. I mean, how long have you taken to lose all the weight? It's been about... It's been about three years. 
of just diet and exercise. Three years of uh, before we get into all that, primarily seventy yeah. percent was diet. Great, and that was honestly where I was going with that. So, again, um, I I've been fortunate with this just because I've always had kind of a, a high metabolism, but I've also been fortunate that like <laughs> you know my parents uh, raised me on eating pretty well. You know, like I never had a hard time getting all my vegetables and I stayed away from soda for the most part and always ate pretty healthy. So I've never had to make those like huge drastic changes where I I saw my behavior and I said, I have to stop doing this. I have to stop doing this and I have to replace it with this. So in like your experience, what was the, what was the, the big differentiator between like your behavior and your eating patterns then and now? The differentiator was, the first thing that sparked everything was I didn't really change too much of my diet. It was kind of a, this has been kind of a five-step, four-step-ish journey Mm -hmm. when I started. So the first thing that I cut out was sugar. Yeah. And by sugar, I mean access sugar, Mm -hmm. like five sugars in my coffee. Soda was the big one. I don't think I've had... I don't think I've had an actual can of soda or a, a bottle of soda or a glass of soda at a restaurant uh-huh. in probably three and a half years. And that was the biggest one that I cut out first, mm-hmm. which just from cutting that out of my diet with really not changing anything else other than that in the first month that I was actively working out in the gym and cutting out just soda and eating a little bit better. I wasn't stopping at McDonald's at the way home, Mm -hmm. but I was still putting a lot of dairy in my diet, milk, cheese, high fat, steak, things like that, which some of those things aren't bad in moderation. But, um, and I think I lost like 25 or 30 pounds in the first month. Just from not pumping your body with sugar. Just not pumping my body with sugar. Disclaimer to that was that the week prior to stop, the week prior to me stopped or the week after I stopped drinking all the sugar and adding all the sugar in my coffees and the candy and all the other like access sugars, mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to die. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing that kind of sparked the change too was that I got a firsthand glimpse at what the sugar and what these foods were doing to my body because I felt like I was absolutely going to die. It felt like I had a, a my head was in a whoa, vice. Whoa, whoa. You never told me about this. Yeah. What was, bring me back to like that moment like were you sitting somewhere were you having like a a a, a moment where you felt like my heart's gonna fucking stop or no was it, just in it was not it was not a heart it was not uh uh like a physical pain yeah it was a throbbing horrible migraine like uh, that you know that headache that you w- try to go to bed at night with that headache and you can literally hear that vein in your temple thumping <laughs> yeah, against yeah. your pillow and it just sounds like someone's like banging on the side of your house uh-huh. that's what it was like day in and day out for probably about 5 to 6 days but did that go away when yes. you stop okay yes so like at least common common sense would tell us that that was directly related to the sugar D- directly there was really no other thing that had happened during that time where I was like sick or anything mm-hmm. like that. But that was the the primary thing. And that was just kind of like, whoa. Okay. So nightmare. So that's definitely a great start. And with sugar alone, you saw, would you say like 25 pounds come off? About 25. Okay. So then I'm, I'm not At trying this to point, like, keep in mind 25 pounds off. I was still above 300. 
And for the record, okay. I'm 6'2". Okay. So 325, 330 when I started. So for anybody listening to this that is kind of in that spot, the first step is just that total, total garbage. Stop with the garbage. Now, did you have like withdrawals or anything like that from sugar? Yeah. Did the, you the, crave soda? Uh, it was weird because I started putting other things in my body that kind of satiated that need for yeah. sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of different like diets and things that I did that I tried to figure out kind of what foods were good uh-huh. for my body. So how did you do that? Honestly, I did a lot of research. Yeah. Unfortunately, a person came into my life who is now my wife, uh-huh. who is a lot more intelligent on the nutrition aspect up, of things. What's up, Jesse? Shout out <laughs> to my wife. Um, she, I, I had the workout thing down. I played ball in college, football in college, um, and I knew how to lift. I knew how to work out. I knew how to train. I knew these things, but I didn't know the diet portion because when I was in high school, which was what, 2002, 2003, when I was in college, 2005, um, like training for football was just like hit the gym, eat pasta, protein shakes and pre-workout, peanut butter and jellies, carbs, (laughs) just like all of this stuff that now, if I put in my body, I'd feel like I was going to die. But that's what started it. And then I met my wife. Um, and she was really in the similar, a similar spot to where I was, but she had kind of started this a year before, maybe, maybe six months before she met me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both kind of came in at the same point where we were, you know, she, she was a waitress at the time and she was just kind of working as much as she could. She was, you know, single at the time. Yeah. She has a ha- she had a house, she had a lot of bills to pay. She was working her ass off, which she still does now cause she's awesome. But, um, she would just eat cheeseburgers and candy and whatever was available out of the kitchen. And she really noticed that her mood was changing. Uh-huh. So she kind of got with me in this stuff and we started doing different things. So the first diet I did um, was actually right before I had actually met her. And it was a mail order diet. And it wasn't, unfortunately, the healthiest by kind of... Um, like whole food standard healthy, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know what I mean? Where the food wasn't organic or non-GMO or no gluten. It was just literally kind of like prison food. It was exactly what you needed each meal. And it came in a bag and you put it in the microwave and you heated it up and you ate it. And that was it. And you did that three times a day and they Uh gave you a little snack and you drank water or unsweetened iced tea. Uh If you like unsweetened iced tea, there's no calories, no nothing. And unsweetened iced tea which is a good beverage choice or the beverage choice La Croix, La Croix, <laughs> which is unofficial sponsor of the tim stoddard podcast it should be there's probably like eight empty lacroix in this office i should call them right, right now. now and let them know big shout out to coconut lacroix which is suntan lotion the best flavor okay. or the pomplemousse let me caveat that real quick though is it actually lacroix or did I just make up that it's La Croix? Like, what, what is it called? Do we even know? If you say Croix, you have to stick the pinky out. La Croix. La Croix. <laughs> it sounds so much cooler, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was how I started. And I did that for another 30 days. They send it to you in a huge box. It comes in a freeze-dried box. It's about the size of a desk. And it has three meals a day, two snacks a day for 30 days. And you pick it online and they send it to you and you freeze it. And you just put it in the microwave and eat it. And that's how you got started. That was the second half. That was the next 25 to 30 pounds. Well, okay. So even in that, let me break down a few things that I heard, which I think a lot of people aren't um, putting together. So you said sugar alone, you dropped like 25 pounds, Yeah, the catalyst after the sugar, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to really like... 
you know, just like the kind of idiot that I am. I'm like, I'll do it like 50% and I'll cut out like sugar and yeah. see what happens. And I was just like, oh man, it's I felt working. this bad without the sugar. And then I just cut out sugar and I worked out moderately and I lost 25 pounds. What's going to happen if I go like 100% full bore, like pedal to the metal and really get down to it? Okay. So another thing I heard was when you spoke to Jesse, um, she had said that she was having mood issues and she attested that to the food that she was putting in her body. So right now, even in this short conversation, we're touching on like a few different things. We're talking about body weight, body mass index. We're talking about mood. Um, I'm sure we're talking about like heart health, brain function. I'm sure you can, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but your brain, like you probably think a lot better now that you have like better fuel. Mm -hmm. And to bring that back into the podcast, a lot of that, which is, Something that I've just been really fascinated with in the past seven months or so, and um, I, I like learning about, and I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I, I try to learn as much as I can, is gut bacteria and gut health and what they're calling um, the gut barrier, I believe, because so they there's like a lot of weird, well, not weird, it's, it's science that is linking your brain function to your gut and a lot of scientists are even calling it your second brain and the health in in the bacteria that is in your gut is directly related to like every other system in your body and there's huge huge correlations between like mental health problems and a lot of sugar intake there's huge correlations with depression and i I don't want to get too far into this because i'm not a doctor and like i'm not a, a health expert you know but I can speak for myself and a lot of people that I surround myself with who have suffered with depression, who have suffered with anxiety disorders and how the thing to do is you go to the doctor and the doctor prescribes you something. And I'm not shitting on doctors. I think a lot of times doctors are doing what they feel is in the best need, uh, the best interest of their patients. But when do you think we're going to get to the point where the first thing we do is we take a look at the shit that we're putting inside of our bodies first, as opposed to saying like, okay, whatever you're doing to your body, keep doing that. But here's this other thing that we're going to add on top of it, which is going to just treat the symptoms. And that has a lot to do with what he called the functional health, right? Yeah, like that was a really the, interesting part of You treat the cause instead of the symptoms. Yeah, when he was talking about, um, I forget the disease that he was speaking about. Or functional about, medicine. Or functional sorry. medicine. It was yeah. one of the main things was cholesterol. And like he went down this like kind of cholesterol, good and bad cholesterol um, rabbit hole of just the, the how people deal and how doctors deal with cholesterol is very behind the times, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, the way that they kind of handle people with high cholesterol is just not functional at all. You know, if I go into the doctor today and he says, hey, Colin, you have high cholesterol those metrics that he's using to say that I have high cholesterol have changed in the last like two decades from Mm -hmm. what Chris was talking about in his um, podcast with Joe Rogan. Also too, on his website, he has probably about 10 or 15 podcasts up all on different subjects. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. cool. Um, I listened to some yesterday. Yeah. They're really, really good. Um, 
I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, well, I think where you were going was a doctor will see the oh, high cholesterol. See the high cholesterol, which kind of starts the cycle of this, you know, horrible kind of the medication medication loop, loop yeah. of just he sees high cholesterol, and not only are the numbers that he's seeing not based in fact anymore, uh-huh. because the different types of good and bad cholesterol have changed, and uh-huh. it's showing that what we thought was bad really isn't that bad, uh-huh. and what we thought is good isn't really that bad. So instead of treating the disease or just treating his high cholesterol with a diet plan or something that will, you know, fix his gut health or things that will fix the problem, you just put a bandaid on the problem and you give Mm -hmm. him some sort of over the counter or not over the counter, but prescription blood pressure medication, cholesterol medication, and it reduces it, but he's still eating the same way. And the well, that's activities exactly that he's doing that are causing the high cholesterol, he's still doing, but this drug that he's putting into his system mm-hmm. is kind of So it's not it. even putting a Band-Aid on the problem because a Band-Aid will like help heal the problem in some way. Like I don't want to get too deep into the metaphor, but like you're still not even touching the cause of the problem. So yeah. like medication is only going to work for a little bit. It's but like a spare tire on your car. Like can you yeah, drive on yeah, it? Can you drive on like it for a, a couple days? On your yeah, car. but if you're you know doing 85 on the highway <laughs> with it a week after you put it on, you're probably going to blow it out and crash. It's for just sure. The way that it is. And so I just, you know, this is something that I find a lot of personal interest in, just because health and exercise and diet is something that like I'm personally passionate about in my own life. But also because I just. I hate to say this with people listening because I don't want them to get the wrong impression on me, but all you got to do is walk down the street these days and you see how many people are unhealthy. And I think to myself, like, what's the quality of life got to be like there? You know, like if you carry all that extra weight around, you know, it's, it's got to hurt. Like you're going to get knee problems. Your back's probably going to get screwed up. Little things like getting in and out of the car. Like, my car is really low to the ground, and sometimes on days when I'm in and out of the car a lot, I'm like, I'm Leg fucking day. sick of doing Yeah, Leg like day I'm sick walking of doing out of the this. gym, getting into a lower car. I have a lower car sure. too, and it's just, it's an absolute nightmare. And I, I just, I wonder when we're gonna kind of hit like a pit point where, like, enough is gonna be enough, or like, do you think we're ever gonna get there? Or in what's probably gonna happen is it's gonna be like a little bit in between, right? So there's gonna be a lot of people who are like us who are being proactive about it. They're like learning about this and are absorbing this kind of information and are like trying to take steps to improve themselves. And there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to. So like the problem might not be as bad, but it's definitely not going to be like a hundred percent. You know, there's going to be still a, a whole lot of people that are suffering from health issues that are directly related to their diet. So where this whole conversation stemmed from the budget, the national budget, and how much of it is spent to healthcare. So the only way I think that something like this happens and really gets fixed is when insurance companies or, I mean, you know, who knows, maybe we'll have federal healthcare then, but when the healthcare system, the paying mechanism just decides to stop paying for preventative health problems. So- Here's a stat. I mean, what else do you do? Less than half of adults in the United States receive recommended preventative care and screening tests according to the guidelines for their age and sex from their primary care doctor. Okay. So less than half of people are being proactive about their health. 
not even that, less than half of the people are even being given that information from their primary care doctor in order okay. to act out on it. So if only 49% are getting the information, you've got to think that less people are actually doing, doing it than 49%. About it. Sure. So maybe boost it to like, or drop it to 35 or 40. Mm-hmm. If that. If that. Yeah, you know. If that. And it's and we were talking about it earlier too. You know, it's, you know, the the way that we think is so so outdated that even the way we're scaling these problems and even the way we're, you know, even these preventative measures and these screening tests and guidelines are just very out of date and it's mm-hmm. just not a reality anymore. And the, the advice we're giving people, even the 49% that are actually getting the advice, it's mm-hmm. not even accurate. It's not even accurate. And that kind of like ties into what I was doing and all these different changes that I made. Like every time I would, you know, I'd lose 25 pounds and I'd switch it up and I'd, you know, did this diet plan and I lost another 25 pounds. And then for a week or two, my body kind of got used to it and I didn't Mm -hmm. really see any changes. So I had to switch it up and I would do something else. And then as like I got down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what was going to be best for me, I, you know, would try a diet here, try a diet there. You know, I don't recommend hopping around as much as I did, but I needed to in order to find like what was in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I started to do all these different things and it was just, you know, the main thing that the main thing that I can say too, which is the best advice I ever got, um, from a friend of mine, um, Seth Goldman, you know, Seth, yeah. Fit, uh, f- what's it? Ideal meals, ideal mm-hmm. meals, Boca Raton, go on their website, order food. Um, Seth gave me the best advice ever. And he told me he was just like, listen, he was just like 80% of the stuff that you hear from people is probably right. 20% is wrong, but it's just a matter of choosing one person to listen to instead of, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. Mm-hmm. You got to do that. If you just listen to one person, you'll be fine. Just make a plan. Just make a stick plan, with that plan and stick with sure. it. Because there was a time like the next thing that I did um, was keto. Did you ever get in ketosis? Yeah. Oh, no, I've always wanted to do it, but I always get so skinny. It was it was wild, man. But here's the thing. It starts going down the rabbit hole of just so my wife and I both did keto. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was this thing where I was just listening to one person who was like, you got to try keto. It's crazy. And for people who don't know, keto is the high fat, low carbs all the time. You pretty much eat as much fat, healthy fats, avocados, avocado oil, Mm -hmm. steaks, coconut oil, coconut oil. Um, you know, I was eating this diet and I was waking up and having bacon and eggs for breakfast and having like a flank steak and rice or no yeah. rice cause no carbs, but like a, a flank steak and some vegetables and like mm-hmm. a salad and steak for dinner. And I was eating all these delicious foods and I was just like, I'm stuffing my face with like bacon and all hours of the day and mm-hmm. steak and all these delicious foods and um, you know, there was this one recipe, it was like bacon and onion sauce, pork chops. It was just unbelievable. If you look up the keto diet, there's some like great recipes on there that'll blow your mind, but you're eating it and you're feeling like such a fat bastard. <laughs> but you're and not. How are you going to lose weight? And after two weeks, I stepped on the scale and lost like 10 pounds. Wow. And my wife, she probably kill me for saying this, but she works out 10 times harder than I did. Uh-huh. And she, we literally ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. I would make breakfast and save some for her and she would eat it. She would make lunch for me and dinner and she would take half to work and I would eat half when I got home. We mm-hmm. ate the same thing. And had different results, right? And she stayed at the same weight. Yeah. Which I think is what you were tying into um, these... 
the test that we were doing and assuming that like all of humanity is the same when like every person's body is should be treated exactly. differently and more importantly should be like analyzed differently you can't run a standard blood test and say this and this and this like people need to have but you know what when i when i go there in my head though i don't want to blame the healthcare industry for that i feel like that's kind of like a, a personal responsibility what do you mean just to understand your body. Yeah. Understand yeah. your own so, body. Yeah. You have to really get into it. Cause like I said, we were both doing the same thing and I had great results. I think I've, I lost like another 20 or 30 ish pounds doing keto. Just keto. And then, uh, that just got a little too much. It was very heavy. I was feeling a little bit kind of losing my steam and, um, you know, I kept losing a little bit of weight, losing a little bit of weight here mm -hmm. and there. And then the most recent thing that I've been doing, which was really an eye opening experience. It was unbelievable which really kind of opened my eyes even more to kind of what we put into our bodies. Even when I think I'm being healthy and the, th the things that I'm doing are just not healthy at all, mm -hmm. um, was I started looking into blood types, the blood type diet. Yeah. And, um, after kind of, we both, my I wife still didn't and I, look into any of that. my wife I and I had the, to. the experience of just, we were doing the same thing, working out the same way, doing literally exactly the same health plan. And I had great results and she had no results. So we started looking at blood types and my, and my wife got me into this. And so my blood type Is it called the blood type diet, the blood type diet. And it's, that's kind of the, you know, um, South beach diet and kind of the name of the diet, yeah. but it's kind of something that's routed in science and your genetics and your blood type. So for me, with my blood type, I should avoid corn, wheat, buckwheat, lentils, tomatoes, peanuts, sesame seeds, chicken. Is what is your blood type? Uh, B. B oh, positive. Rare. Yeah. So I, I have a blood type too. I'm yeah, so they love me when I give blood. Exactly. They <laughs> call me and try to give me movie tickets and shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, encourages eating vegetables, eggs, meat, and very low-fat dairy. For anybody that wants a little bit more on this, I put up a website. It's D-A-D-A-M-O.com. I have no idea what that stands for. So there's also um, a kind of, if you're into WebMD and stuff like that, I think I clicked on a link from Cresser's website and it brought me over to WebMD, the blood type diet and blood type eating. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and then we looked into it and that's kind of the stuff that I was eating, avoiding, on keto no mm -hmm. grains no not a lot of vegetables for the carbs not a lot of fruits because of the sugar no beans because of the carbs no legumes because of the carbs whole grains you know things like that um and that's what i wasn't eating on keto and i saw great results on the opposite side of that my wife whose blood type is o mm -hmm. high protein diet with lean meat mm -hmm. so no meat no steak, no bacon, Turkey. no uh, anything like that. Yes. Poultry, fish. Um, it, you're supposed to eat poultry, fish, vegetables, very light on the grains, which was good for her. But all the things we were doing on keto were the things that she would avoid and I should eat. Mm -hmm. And then once we got out of it, we kind of started doing our own thing. And so did you see that when you were researching it? And then she, th This has nothing to do with me. I would have no idea what this is if it wasn't for her. Again, <laughs> shout out to my wife. But did Jessie. she research it and come in the door like... I figured it out. Yeah. Know? She was just like, you're not going to believe this shit. Wow. And so we, we started doing that and we've been following that for a while. And then this kind of new thing that we're both doing is um, uh, macros, which cool. is, you know, kind of the 
if it fits your macros mm-hmm. is the douchey kind of thing that you know people say the but bro diet the, the bro diet yeah. yeah the bro diet um which for people out there who may have a little bit of crackhead tendencies it's it kind of really a crackheady thing to do because you're literally i'm in my kitchen scanning the barcodes on things to try to get the calorie count um so there's a really cool app it's called my fitness pro uh, or my fitness pal. Yeah, I've heard actually. about that. Yeah, it's sponsored by Under Armour too, which is pretty cool. That's um, cool. So I, I pay for it. It's like five bucks a month or ten bucks a month, but it's totally worth it. And you could take, um, you know, great recipe ideas and plug it right into your macros. You mm-hmm. can scan barcodes and put it exactly into your macros, whatever you need, and you count macros. So for my body type, I have a certain set of macros that I eat, and my wife has a certain set of macros that she eats. So there's a couple different ways to do it. I won't get into that because that could be like an hour long thing. But literally looking at the things that I put in my body is just like holy shit. Mm-hmm. Even when I thought I was eating super healthy, the amount of calories that I was eating and the amount of things that I was putting in my body was just so ridiculous that like I no wonder I had hit like a plateau and I couldn't stop losing weight. And like no matter how hard I worked – no matter how hard I like thought I was, you know, clean I was eating, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. See, but then as soon as you said that, that gets me thinking about that's coming from you who was super, super conscious of the stuff that you were eating in the first place. You super just conscious. You at the spot where you were like getting on such a granular level where you super could measure conscious. everything. Uh, because the way I get really fucked up is that like when I cook because, um, you know, I cook a little bit. Jessie is the chef of the house. She cooks mm-hmm. amazing food and she's totally responsible for the meal prep and everything mm-hmm. like that. I help. I'm like... I'm like a 12-year-old sous chef just like tugging at my mommy's like <laughs> jeans in the kitchen. She kills it. But, um, you know, I have to cook a little bit and she prepares some of it and this and that. But like just looking at some of the things that I eat and just portion control is insane. Sure. Like when I have creamer for my coffee in my house and I just kind of like open up the creamer and pour it in the coffee and I'm just like, oh, that's a good like hue of coffee. Uh-huh. Like you look at it. And then, you know, when you go through and you read the back of the container, you're just like, oh, cool. Like it only has, for instance, the stuff that I use is almond milk creamer. It's like, all right, great. It's almond milk creamer. It's non-dairy, probably not a lot of fat, doesn't have a lot of calories. Uh-huh. I think it has like five calories per serving, two grams of protein, one gram of like carbs and like one gram of fat, which is nothing mm-hmm. for a tablespoon. Mm-hmm. And then you put in like when you pour in, when you pour it in, it's just like five, six, seven tablespoons. Now you're up to like 20 or 30 carbs, mm. 20 or 30 protein, 20 or 30, you know, I remember um, learning that lesson. Fat. In, it's unbelievable. I think it was even elementary school where, which, so two things to, to talk about here. I remember being taught in elementary school the food pyramid. Do you remember that? Where like the thing that you want to eat the most at was at the <laughs> bottom and it was just bread and pasta. Joe and Rogan then, Joe Rogan calls it the uh, Dr. Seuss food pyramid. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I, I remember that day learning about that and um, I remember them also explaining to us that when you look on like the nutrition label on the back of food that that thing is just explaining what's in a serving. And then what you have to do is look at how many servings are actually in like the, the bottle or the box or, or, or whatever. I, I think for cereal, a lot of times the serving is like one cup and you look at Who's it. Who's ever eaten one cup of, of cereal? cereal? It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. And, and then it's you look impossible. at it. I mean, 
I stopped eating sugary cereal a long time ago. I eat mostly Special K um, and mostly oatmeal recently, actually, because even Special K, I felt like I was getting duped because I think I had like five grams of sugar um, per serving. And I mean, me and how skinny I am and how much I eat, I get like these, you know, fucking mega balls in the morning. So by the time I'm done eating my cereal for Brexit for breakfast, I've already maxed out my sugar count, which is disturbing in a way because I'm consciously eating like the plainest, most bland sugar-free cereal I can find with no sweetener added almond milk. And I'm still hitting my limit for the sugar before 10 a.m. And so then you think about what the rest of the world is doing, supersizing, even things like pasta sauce, shit that you wouldn't even think of. It's just got sugar completely pumped into it. Oh, yeah. No, it's incredible. So what I want to do is I, I want people to leave this episode with like a few things that they can do right now to start. So far, what I've heard, stop drinking soda. First and foremost, stop drinking soda right now. And that goes to soda's the main one because everybody drinks soda. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like everywhere. But like the added sugar is just like yeah, disgusting. Well, and same thing for me, coffee. I mean, I only drink black coffee now. So I stopped putting sugar in my coffee. Uh, basically, w- what I've done is if it comes in a plastic wrapper, I generally don't eat it. You know, I'm not perfect. But like I always thought to myself, if it has to be wrapped in some kind of weird cellophane and put in like an orange and purple bright box so that like it captures my eye attention on the shelves, don't eat it. I stay in the produce section and I stay in like the natural meat section and I eat a lot of eggs and stuff. But so to get started, cut the sugar out. The next thing that you said that helped you is limit carbs. I'm not saying you have to go full paleo, full keto, but... The more carbs you eat, the harder a time you're going to have. Well, that kind of comes full circle because the second thing I did was all about portion control. Mm -hmm. It was just watching what I eat and how much I I intake. So, yeah, I mean, carbs aren't bad. Like, they're not bad at all. It's just a matter of, you know what I mean? Like, when I eat, like, rice, like a cup of rice is, like, is way different than a huge plate of pasta. So, like for my macros for the day, like I eat on a on a general they oh, they call them uh, I forget um, kind of my base numbers, mm-hmm. which is what I eat on the weekends. Is two hundred protein, two hundred carbs, and fifty fat. Saturday God, and Sunday, you measure all that stuff. Measure it out every day. That's so. And cool. it's nice because I know what foods I, I'm ca- like I can think of what foods will fit into the thing that I've done. Now that I've been doing it for about two months now mm-hmm. or a month now. Um, and, uh, it helps me get into a routine, but yeah, like looking at what I have. So for my entire day, again, I'm like two fifteen right now active in the gym five or six times a week. I play mm-hmm. soccer and once a week on a Sunday and I play basketball once a night or once a week night. Like I'm pretty active at this point, 200 carbs, 200 protein, 50 fat. And in a cup, one cup of rice is 48 carbs. So that's oh. a quarter. Mm-hmm. Of what I can eat for carbs in an entire day. Mm-hmm. In one cup. In one cup. Just one f- cup of cooked rice. So it's just like when you go to a restaurant and you eat, you know, you get a steak and rice or whatever the case may be. It's definitely more than a cup. Sure. So it's like you're just totally, the portion control is so totally off, you know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That was something that I remember coming home from Germany, realizing that in, I don't want to say other countries, like I haven't traveled the world 
But in Germany, I remember the portions just making a lot more sense. It wouldn't just be like huge, huge plates of food that came out for dinner. So I'm sure that has something else to do with it. So we got the common sense stuff, right? The added sugar, the portion control, how much, and then the the last thing I want to touch on, how much of your success in terms of um, your, your, your physical health would you contribute to diet? Like, do you think you would be at the same spot if you didn't work out as hard or like where, how, what do you think exercise plays a role? Exercise? Yeah. It's probably 30 or 30% mm-hmm. around. But the food is way more, important. way two or three times more important to Cause you got to You, you think about it this way. Like it's all in, it, like, and that's why the, the counting is, is cool for me mm-hmm. because it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. And I've done the body uh, mass index machine yeah. again. Shout out Seth, idealmeals.com. <laughs> Buy meals and ask him about the macro diet. He will put you on it. And it is an awesome starting point because he kills it. Um, it's insane, man. Mm-hmm. It's really, really crazy. Um, I, again, lost my train of thought shouting out Seth. Um, yeah, you were talking about the portion control and counting your macros and hitting the numbers. Game. Oh, it's all numbers game. So like I said, when, when, um, Seth used to work at this place that was like a, um, uh, like a nutrition shop, which I won't shout out cause he's not there anymore. Just call yeah. Seth directly. And, uh, I know that me sitting all day, just not really doing anything. If I'm at work and I don't go to the gym on an average day, if I'm breathing from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, I burn around, uh, let's say 2000 to 2200 calories. Then you add in workouts and everything on top of that and all this stuff that goes on. Like you want to make sure that you're in the negative for how many calories you have. It's common sense, right? It's common burn sense. Burn more than you consume. Yeah, it's just weight. burn more than you consume. So yeah. I can actually see how much I'm burning and how much I'm consuming and I can get to that number super, super quick. But the thing is with my diet, I, if you're not portion controlling your diet, it doesn't matter how hard you work out. You know, with like, here's, here's what I ate today. I ate... For breakfast, a cup of steel-cut oatmeal. Uh-huh. Which is terrible. I eat that stuff all the time. I can't stand it. It's Here's the thing, though. But with the almond milk creamer, yeah. take a tablespoon of the creamer, just a tablespoon, uh-huh. which is literally like nothing on the blip of your, your macros, mm-hmm. and put it on top of that and put it in the microwave. It tastes great. It's like little tricks. I had three um, servings of egg whites, three chicken sausages, and one ounce, which is a quarter cup of cheddar cheese for breakfast. Uh-huh. For lunch, I had two cups of brown rice, two cups of broccoli, and eight ounces of Meyer lemon chicken. It's like this chicken from Whole Foods. And I broke it up into two meals. So I have like a first lunch and a second lunch. And then for dinner tonight, I'm having spaghetti squash macaroni, which is instead of noodles, you use a spaghetti squash yeah, we just got with, one a, of those too. with a half a cup of... Um, marinara sauce and some ground turkey with some onions and carrots and vegetables and it's like a bolognese except with spaghetti squash Uh and then i can have a half a half a container of halo top ice cream if it fits your macros sorry sorry to be bro science (laughs) the cinnamon roll has been my my favorite the pancakes and waffles is also oh yeah juliana just got pancakes and waffles last night for the first time i'm it's delicious so all that food that i ate up ate today like those are that's four meals in a half a pint of ice cream Mm mm-hmm that was 2,050 calories. So just eating four meals, full four full meals, and having a half a carton of hail top ice cream, I'm already 100 calories in the negative. 
I ran three and a half miles at soccer this morning. How many, I mean, three and a half miles, how many calories, maybe let's say conservatively 600, 700 calories. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. So let me ask you then, um, two things popped into my head when you said that one, that's still a pretty good amount of food. So it's not like you have to starve yourself, right? Don't, which is important. But two, where, when did in that podcast, you talked about the reward mechanism and how the simple kind of foods don't necessarily have that same reward mechanism that like sweet foods do that pasta foods do that, that gives you that really full feeling. So when you deprive yourself of those kind of foods that give you that like, little hit you know say a candy bar do you miss that at all or like how much discipline is required to make sure that you don't cheat because it's so easy for people to say like watch your diet but if it were that easy to actually do i feel like everybody would want to do it because i feel like everybody generally wants to be healthy well it goes back to what cresser was saying about the way that people think about dieting and food you know, you can eat and that's like the <laughs> the bro science thing is like uh-huh. if it fits your macros, you can eat it. Like I was on today, I was just like, you know what I really want today? Chipotle. <laughs> I want some Chipotle. Uh-huh. And there's been times on my macros that I could eat my Chipotle, which is great. Another good thing to do when you're doing a diet is go to places where you can portion control your food and pick what you want. Okay. Like Chipotle has to do serving sizes. Once in a while, you get a total G behind the line of Chipotle yeah. that just loads you up with whatever you want. Absolutely. But for the most part, they pretty much portion control it. An extra black bean's not going to kill you. Uh-huh. So go to places like that. But like I went on today and I was just like, you know, be great. Chipotle, let's do it. And I plugged it into the little macro counter. I would have been able to not have any halo top and I would have had to cut out two meals. But you'd still be in the negative. But I would still be in the negative, but I'd be hungry as yeah, fuck. Yeah, and then you're grumpy. I am hungry. <laughs> Man, I'm hungry <laughs> as shit. But like, you can do it that way if you want to. You could be a degenerate, in, but the thing is you're going to learn very quickly how bad it is for you to do that. But there's sometimes when I'm just like, you know what I'm feeling today? Chipotle. I'm going to eat it. You ever think about being a nutritionist? Sometimes I do. Colin, I had no idea you knew this much stuff about it. And I've been like, you've been one of my best friends for what, six years? No, more than that. 2009, 2008. So coming up on nine or 10. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea you knew this much stuff. I knew that you were into it. And I always just figured that you were into it kind of like, because Jesse was well, like it, I said again know? my wife is unbelievably amazing she is a workout fiend she is a an amazing cook an amazing chef back to the gut health another shout out native bone broth uh, okay. native bone broth mm-hmm. uh, my wife Jesse and her business partner Katie have created this amazing last time you guys gave it stuff. to me I had like a tub of it in my fridge Guess how long it lasted me? How long? <laughs> One sitting. One sitting. <laughs> it was so good. It's, it, and that goes back to the gut health, which is maybe something we'll talk about again. There's yeah. it, the, the, the benefits of something like that are just so amazing. Mm-hmm. It, the only way I can describe it is when I first drank it, like when you wake up in the morning and you're super tired and you crack like a Red Bull and you just chug it and you get that like, oh, yes, like feeling. That's how it feels in your stomach. That's it so funny because that's why in your I always drink my kombucha in the morning because it, it honestly makes me feel like like my morning cup of coffee and then my thing of kombucha like i just feel so fucking good afterwards yeah. i'm like ready to you go. really feel good and the thing is too that with your gut health and everything like that it doesn't really matter what you're putting in your body if your gut and your intestines and your stomach can't process it the right way exactly. you're not going to be doing anything anyway exactly 
Man. But like I said, yeah, like like my wife has been the biggest one with this. A lot of this stuff that I know is from her secondhand. I wish she was here to kind of explain it because she's the one who's done all the research. She's the one who's done everything, but it's totally changed my life and it's totally changed her life. I mean, we just got married, what, a month and a half ago mm -hmm. and she looked unbelievable at her wedding. Yeah, she looks good. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but she looked really good. She you looked guys great. both looked great, honestly. Yeah. Like, what I'll do in the show notes to this blog, I'll put a, uh, a little before and after picture of Colin so that you guys can see his journey. But I'm telling you, man, people are really hungry for this information. And, and if you guys were able to put some materials together, like I know that you could help people. It seems like you really enjoy it. And also like people pay money for this kind of stuff. So yeah, I it's, think it's really cool. And it's, it's turned into like a lifestyle, man. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just turned really into a lifestyle. And the whole thing is that like, you know, I've tried to like talk to some of my buddies about it who had questions about it and everything like that. And it just comes down to like, you know, anything else in life, if you're just going to do it, just do it. You know, the, the main reason why it worked for me mm -hmm. was because I told myself that I don't care how miserable I'm going to be. I don't care if I've got to eat cardboard. Like I am sick and tired of being morbidly obese at oh. 300 and like 25, 330 pounds, you know? And I got to the point where I just wanted to do it. And I told myself, give it a month, like balls to the wall, hard as you can for a month. And at oh. the end of that, like that was month two after I cut out the sugar. So after month two, I had dropped like 45 or 50 pounds, dude. That's unbelievable. Like it's corny, but like next time you go to the gym, pick up 50 pound weight and try to walk around the gym with it. Yeah, I never even thought about like, that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you do lunch. I go everywhere with this book bag right here. If I just put a 50 pound dumbbell on this thing and then just walked around. But it's like I was doing, I was thinking so about miserable. the other day. I was doing like lunges at the gym. And I had like 40 pound dumbbells or f plates, 45 plates in each hand doing lunges, like 10 lunges and, and 10 back. And that's 30 pounds almost. Or what was that? 90. So that was about 25 pounds less, less than what I laid, than what I weighed. And I, I was just like, I felt like my legs were going to fall off. You know, I felt like I was going to die. I can't even imagine what that feels like because in the best three months um a lot of people know colin knows uh, i i've done a lot of card like i've done a lot of running running was always kind of like my my fitness of choice and i've toned back a lot and i started lifting a lot more weights and i've gained 10 pounds for those who don't know timmy got to a point in his life where the doctor <laughs> looked him in the face and said tim you, you need this. to stop all the running <laughs> you're yeah. gonna die yeah i was going pretty hard i, I really enjoyed it but that's because i'm also like you know kind of in a kind of a fiend for that that rush but uh but i've toned that down and i've been deadlifting a lot and i've been squatting a lot and i put on like 10 pounds of real real solid muscle it took me a long time but i was just talking to juliana about this the other day i feel weird when I do some of my more mobility type exercises because like I can feel that extra 10 pounds on me and you're telling me that, you know, you're talking about 120 pounds, yeah. the difference. And like, that's just unbelievable. I'm proud of you, man. I know yeah, I said that to you a bunch you. of times, but like, I seriously, know. it's been a long, long road watching you do that shit. And I, I think that, and the biggest thing about it is that I just can't stop thinking what he said about, I mean, was it like 30% of the population is type 2 diabetic and 
another 10% is like pre-diabetic. I'm totally butchering those numbers, but the point I'm saying is well, that like numbers, it was a lot. The numbers were crazy. Yeah, too, it was a and lot. It's just like I mean here, let's let's look at it. Hang and on. all of those Facts. people, they probably just feel like there's no other option or they don't know how to do it, but like you can do it and it doesn't take that long. You know what? You saw results in the first 2 months. About 2 years, I'd say like you started hitting your optimal body weight. I and mean, now you have yeah, like the rest of your life, you know? So you worked hard for two years and now you have, you probably extended 10 years onto your life just because of the health of your body. Yeah. And you get to live a much happier, more active lifestyle because of it. And I just want people to feel good, you know? And I, and I, I, I see that shit and you see the look on people's faces and it just seems like, it just seems like the biggest issue with, people's self-esteem and well it directly correlates to how you feel exactly and you're depressed because like you know what i mean like when i was super heavy it'd be like going out was like a task it was like what clothes can i put on to not make myself look as big as i am wow you know what i mean and that just totally stresses you out Uh and you're depressed and you don't look the way you want to look and for me it was like i used to play a lot of sports and like uh, a buddy of a mutual friend of ours mike and and my buddy dave and Uh all these guys were just like why don't you come play soccer one day and I did, and it was just like the most embarrassing experience of my life. Like someone who was relatively athletic for their entire life that played soccer, played football, played basketball, that like I not only had my skills deteriorated, but like my brain knew what I wanted to do and my body physically could not it. handle it. Yeah. And then like I just couldn't do anything. And that was like a big thing for me. It was just like I've gone so far down. It was so depressing. And that's you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have to get to that place. But, like, it's always a joke. Just like, oh, my God, I'm hangry. Like, no, dude. Like, you're really hangry. Like, you're so hungry and you're not giving your body what it needs to the point that you're having a fucking mood swing. Uh-huh. Like, if you were just sitting here and, like, you know what I mean? Like, but you're you- talking about dieting if you were crashing. Like, a, a way not to do it. Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, it's... Being hungry. Well, like, you know, like... Like when someone is just like when they're really hungry, they get like super angry. You know Uh what I mean? And like that's obviously you're not feeding your body properly or you haven't eaten in enough time and you're hungry and it's directly affecting your mood. Uh You know what I mean? And like it's just kind of like a joke like, haha, I'm hangry. Like, no, like you're like it's directly affecting your mood and how you like react and Mm -hmm. like it's totally and your mood is affected by your brain. And so you're directly affecting your brain chemistry by doing that. So it's not, it's, it's something very small that people don't realize, but it's like, yeah, you do get hangry and like you get super pissed. Like if my wife doesn't eat, run, run, (laughs) run, 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 run. Like it's bad. You know what I mean? Like it's bad. And I'm the same way. Like just like there'll be times we're in the car we'll be like leaving the gym and like we didn't eat before we went to the gym and i'm usually like okay because i like eat a big breakfast but sometimes she's just kind of run around a little bit and like didn't eat all that she wanted to eat for breakfast and, like mm-hmm. we'll be on the way home from the gym and we'll just sit in silence and she'll just go in the house and like eat and, and just, then i'll and just then be like better. hey baby how you feeling she'd be like oh, i feel good i'm full uh-huh. just like it's, it's like you could see the difference in someone that you're around all the time you know it's crazy colin i think you should i think you should get into nutrition a lot more I had no fucking idea you knew so much about this stuff, and now I'm gonna it, start it's, hawking it. I feel kind of bad because it's not, it's not like stuff that I, like I learned by trial and error on my own. But like I said, my wife and guys like Seth and um, Abby Hilton, another mm-hmm. shout out, Abby's Assets on Instagram at Abby's Assets. Abby Hilton was my personal trainer for a while, 
I mean, here's the thing. If you can afford a personal trainer, it's great. If you can't, that's no excuse. You know what I mean? Yeah, but don't it's, feel bad because each one teach one. Yeah, exactly. That's the guy saying that Ray. was another thing that I needed too is that accountability of a personal trainer just being like, hey, Colin, like be at the gym at six or be fat. Like, I just, you know? <laughs> I just think that there's a lot of people that are feeling stuck and that want to be doing better and want to feel better, but don't necessarily know where to start. And I think the more people that there are that can like be outspoken about this and present this kind of information and like be willing to help the better because to bring this whole thing back full circle, it's not necessarily an individual problem. It's like a nationwide problem, and oh, we're yeah. all getting affected by this. I mean, I, I, luckily, my company is, is going to pay for health, health insurance this year, but Molina, which was Obamacare, which I had last year, mm-hmm. just sent me. It's like 400 something dollars a month if I want to get minimal coverage. But that's – and that goes back to what we were talking about. Like that's just for – to have an insurance policy that you probably won't use for God forbid for anything serious, but for you to get like office checkups absolutely, and like get preventative medicine and like things like that. So it's just not, it's not enough for people to just start taking care of themselves on an individual basis. Like I feel really passionate about this on like a group nationwide spectrum because it's not something that like, it affects all of us, you know, like we're yeah. all in this shit together. Well, the thing that you were talking about, you alluded to it kind of in the beginning of the podcast. Um, the number that like I was literally, I guess it's kind of a coincidence that I was literally, I came across the podcast when mm-hmm. I was at the gym and I was just kind of like at the gym and I listened to it literally for an entire week. I listened to it. It's like a two, they're a little bit long, but like if you have time in the car or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's like two hour, two and a half hours was the podcast. Mm-hmm. And like for a week, I listened to it twice in the gym. And like the first time I, I heard this stat, I was like on the treadmill and it like, if you ever run on a treadmill and you get kind of like distracted and you hit like the side bumper and you almost like eat shit off the back of the have treadmill. Have you ever fallen in front of people? On the treadmill? I did once. Yeah. Luckily... I hit both. I, I I was doing like a sprint thing on the treadmill and I went to just kind of hop off where you jump in the air and put yeah, both of your legs at the same sides. time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was so tired. I didn't get far enough and both of my legs still landed on the treadmill <laughs> so and it just, just blew me going. backwards. And luckily it like blew me onto my feet. So uh-huh. I didn't really fall. It was like mad early in the morning. But at, like I said, Abby, my trainer definitely remembers doing yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like... Um, I interrupted you. You were talking yeah. about you heard a stat and you're about oh, to Oh, oh, the, the stat, the stat, that's right. Yeah. It was that there are how many people in America with type 2 diabetes? Uh, he said about 30% and the country has 300 million people in it. So 100 million people. So 100 million people in the United States have type 2 diabetes. 100 million people, a completely 100 preventative. Million. 100 million people yeah. have, which kind of goes along the lines with just like it's a completely preventative thing. You know what I mean? Like completely, you, you, it's totally about your lifestyle and things kind of like addiction. Mm-hmm. Like if a hundred million Americans were addicted to heroin, that'd be, that'd be that we have a problem now, <laughs> but that would be issue. like insane. Like <laughs> everyone would be doing drugs. But, um, I mean, a lot of people are doing drugs anyway, but, um, there's a hundred million people in the United States with a completely preventable disease that's directly centered around your diet and your lifestyle. And what was it? 14 grand a year, $14,000 on average, on average for each one of those people with diabetes to treat them. So like math, Jesus. math that really quick. And that's like a number that we'd have to look up. So what uh, it means. 100, 100 million times 14,000 14,000. 
I mean, it's 1.4 to the 12th power. The fucking calculator can't even read it. Oh, here we you go. You got to sideways it. Yeah, sideways. You break out the TI-85 from high school? It's 12 digits behind the co- first one. So it's a one and then a four and then <laughs> this is what happens when we let the kid. This is, what, this is what happens when we let the kid from Philly do math. <laughs> yeah, so it's a one, and then a four, <laughs> the, and then the, eleven. The gutter zeros. you got hit with back in the day killed the brain cell that allowed you to do decimals. So, I don't know how much money that is. I think that's trillion, right? So it's, that's I think it's more. Trillion. I think it's one more than trillion. Which I apologize, I do not know what that decimal place means. But no, that's trillion because a billion is nine zero. Do you want to know how much it is? Yeah, please. It's a lot of fucking money. <laughs> it's too much money. And to the point that the stat goes on, at this point, I almost fell off the treadmill. As I was getting back on, it breaks down to the fact that by 2040, if it keeps going on average the way that it's been going for the last maybe 10 years or so, that in 2040, every red cent in the federal budget will be spent on healthcare. On healthcare. That means that there will be zero dollars no and zero cents less no for bridges. roads, the army, the anything. military. Yeah, the military. Anything. Yeah, didn't he say anything. that the military had declared the military obesity that, as a national Yeah. One of the top threats to America as defined by the Department of Homeland Security is healthcare. Yeah. Not ISIS, not domestic terrorism, not Russia, not Russia, not China, not crazy nuclear war or like infectious disease outbreaks. Like the top healthcare. three or five reason is. I think you said it was in the top three. Top three is healthcare. Yeah, it was healthcare. The Department of Society. That's yes, what call the it. Department of Homeland Security says that healthcare well, is the, the biggest the threat. Department of Defense. Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. So we got to get our shit together, and in my opinion. The only way that we can do that is one person at a time. Just educating people and convincing people that like they can do this. So things like this podcast, things like going on the internet and educating yourself, things like not buying the fucking Kit Kats when you're getting your healthy groceries and they put all the candy like at the cash register to make you get that impulse buy because you're hungry. Yeah. When you add up all those little tiny successes, I think that's when we're going to see a a big, big success to where the country as a whole is healthier. And like, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get there. I'm just trying to do my part by explaining to people that that it's not as complicated as it needs to be. You just make the right decisions. You just eat stuff that's good for you. Go out. And go just walk. Cook your own food. Yeah, cook your own food. Walk 20 minutes every day. Just go for walks. Hang around other people that are into this kind of stuff. I think that's a big deal. Yeah, that is a big deal. I I wouldn't have been able to have done it by my... Associate yourself with people that are trying to do right. And stay away from people that are trying to do wrong. And eventually, like, positivity breeds positivity. And a lot of people are scared to get in the gym. Yeah, I can understand that though. It's got to be intimidating, you know, to walk yeah. in there and just I be remember, surrounded. I mean, even when I was very, very heavy going to the gym, like, I mean, I never had somebody come up to me and be like, "Hey, man, like, keep it up. You're doing a great job." But like, I never had a problem. Like, I think, mo- I mean, for me, and I know like people like me who go to the gym, like, I'm not in perfect shape. Am I a million times better than I was before? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. am I in shape? Uh, yeah, probably. Am mm-hmm. I going to be in better shape soon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I never had that where somebody like judged me at the gym ever, ever, ever. And a lot of people like just don't 
or a lot of people just don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, when well, I'm that's in the, the thing, I just don't care that I just much. don't care. Mm-hmm. And, and I when I see someone on. who's in the gym that's super duper heavy, I or like super out of shape, just say, I just like, want to be like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're at least they're doing something. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that you, they're like judging, but they're not. They're really probably just looking at you like, yo, that's fucking really cool that that guy is like out here doing that, like trying to better his life. Like good for that guy. I can say there was a guy when I started swimming, um, I've been getting really into swimming recently and about five months ago when I started going regularly, a guy was in there and he still can't really quite swim because he's, he's so big, but he's been walking back and forth and I've watched a dude lose like 30 or 40 pounds just from walking back and forth on the See, pool. See, when you're so, that, that's the cool, th- not the cool thing because being heavy or obese or it's not cool, fat But or you're going to see results real quick. But you're going to see results super quick yeah. because you're, you're t- like, you don't get like that. Unless you have some type of random like disease that causes you to be that big, like it takes a lot of effort to get that big. A lot of overeating, yeah. a lot of calories, a lot of shit in your body. And when you start cutting that stuff out, it shocks your body, and you will immediately Just see results. Dude. Immediately see results. Cool, man. Well, you wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, there's really Congrats not. Congrats to both of us on our first collaborative podcast. podcast. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna do like an every Sunday thing. How about that? I, I'm 100 percent on board with that and i'm i mean i always speak kind of freely on my podcast i didn't feel as uncomfortable as i thought that i would just because like i was scared that i was going to get stuck in moments where you're searching for th- something to say but i think it's just having a conversation yeah no absolutely I. I mean we've had a lot of these campfire talks over the years well and the good thing is on that mixer i can add one more mic so eventually if we really get into this i can pop a third one over there and we can either rotate through guests or or not, or do whatever the fuck we want, really. Yeah, I mean, I do, like I said, there's a lot of people who super helped me, and I know I shouted out a lot of people, but um, if you want to put stuff in your in the blog, in the notes, about how to contact me on Instagram. You're going to see all those show notes. If you go to timstods.fm, uh, you'll get redirected to um, the blog role, essentially, of the podcast, and you can listen to the podcast directly on there. Uh, but more importantly, you'll get links. So I'm going to link out to chriscresser.com. I'm going to link out to Seth. I'll link out to you. Um, I'll link out to Abby's. And yeah, was Abby, there anything Abby else? Hilton. Abby's yeah. the best. Was there um, anything else that we said? Native bone broth. Okay. Um, also part of native bone broth. Um, my wife does in apps. If you're like a peanut butter person or... Um, you know, you like almond butter, stuff like that. She makes a lot of all natural organic, um, almond butter, pecan Mm -hmm. butter, pistachio butter, walnut butter, whatever. And like, if you're trying to go on a diet, this stuff is the perfect kind of snack to kind of satiate your appetite. Like you were talking about the foods that kind of like satiate your appetite. It's sweet, but it's like naturally sweet and like healthy and Mm -hmm. like, it's really, really good. Um, you know, we can link it up to that. And if you have any questions, you could feel free to hit me up on my Instagram or my Facebook or something. I'll give you all the info, the phone numbers, whatever you need. All right. Well, Colin, love you, bud. Love you too. Thanks for coming. Um, Oh, my wife. I love you, Jesse. Thank you for everything. You're the best. She's the best. (laughs) Good idea. She's the absolute best. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with me, it's Tim at Stodzy, T-I-M at S-T-O-D-Z-Y dot com. Feel free to email me. Uh, feel free to hit reply on the newsletters. Please sign up on the website, timstods.com. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can go to timstods.fm and go directly to the iTunes there. I shall talk to you guys all next week. I appreciate you all so much. See ya.